But where are you really from? A podcast about the Asian American struggle. Hey guys, I'm Angela Lin, and I'm Jesse Lin. Welcome back to But Where Are You Really From? Today is the day before Halloween, so we're gonna spend a whole episode dedicated to. Uh, spooky shit inspired by or in celebration of Halloween. Um, but before we go into that, we just wanted to chit chat a little bit about our our love of or memories of or whatever of this holiday. For me, Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. Obviously, barring uh, quarantine year where like everything's fucked up and like not the normal shit, but I've always loved Halloween. Um, I love everything scary. Like this is already part of me normally because I love horror movies. I love like serial killer shit. Like I always love that darker, scarier shit to begin with. And so if there's a holiday, it's like dedicated to all things kind of paranormal and spooky. It's like, okay, this is my, this is my jam. And I always remembered like very much looking forward to Halloween coming around or like fall season and then definitely Halloween coming around as a kid, Um, not just for trick-or-treating. Like that shit was fun, but like that wasn't really what I was looking forward to. Um, I loved on formerly ABC Family, aka Freeform right now, um, they had 31 days of Halloween. I remember this. I mean, I didn't have cable, but I know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like a countdown down to Halloween and every day they'd play the classics and like I loved watching Hocus Pocus. I'm definitely going to rewatch that this year. I loved Halloween Town on Disney Channel. There's like all this fun shit. Um, So it was something I always looked forward to and then even as an adult it's definitely still like stuck with me. Um, I like still like watching those movies but I also really like the dressing up factor and it's not just like oh I get to like slap on a costume that I paid $100 for and like put zero thought into I think as I became an adult then it was more about like oh I really like spending time thinking about what costume I'm gonna have that's gonna be like really culturally relevant and that like I'm gonna put a lot of thought into to and like build on my own I'm not the kind that's like stitching together the costume I know people who are like on that end of the spectrum but I am more on the like make it myself side than the like store bought side. So it's always like it's always brought me a lot of joy and like a lot of pride to walk into work or like wherever we're going out that night with my costume and getting compliments because I like put a lot of work into it. So yeah, anyways, I'm done. (laughs) So Halloween's like your Comic-Con basically. That's my shit. (laughs) That's so fun. So I also enjoy Halloween, although I don't think I have the same level of fervor as you do for it. (laughs) Obviously, as kids, Halloween is like super awesome. And as Angela and I have said many times, we grew up in a pretty well-to-do suburb. So Halloween was pretty good. Like everyone had candy. It's like a very safe environment that you can go Mm trick-or-treating in. I feel like Halloween wasn't that big deal for me in like college and like early 20s because... It seemed like a lot of work, like, to get a costume. And it's very expensive to get an adult costume, like, from the store. Yeah. And then to do your own costume, as you said, is, is like, also very 
time consuming. And so a lot of the times I was just like, I'm not going to partake in this or I would just like go out like dressed normally. Mm. But since I've, you know, come out of a relationship and I'm trying to like find more of the fun in life minus all of this year. Thank you, 2020. Uh, I did do a bunch of stuff last Halloween, which is like a blast, like went to a bunch of parties, like actually dressed up and partake. So I could, I feel like I embodied a little bit more of the spirit in 2019 (laughs) and hopefully will continue so in future years. Hey, yeah, Yeah. past this year. (laughs) Yeah, past this year for sure. Okay, well, now you know our thoughts on Halloween. Let's get to the fun stuff. So what we thought would be fun and relevant for our podcast theme was to tell some scary ghost stories or other spooky stories that we were able to mine from our parents. So things that are like from Chinese or Taiwanese lore. All right. So I asked my parents about some of the stories too. And I think there's a very, there's like two tiers of stories. There's like the general level of stories that everyone knows, which is kind of like backed in like Chinese mythology or Mm -hmm. Chinese fable. And then there's kind of like your local from the countryside, Mm -hmm. Taiwanese, like, um, I don't want to say hick stories, but you know, it's like more of a country, like a country story. Like you go to like somewhere in the middle of Texas and they'll be like, have you seen the, you know, X, Y, and Z? What's that Mexican thing? Chupacabra. Chupacabra, yeah. Yeah. So it's like not everybody believes in that, but like some people provincially do. So my mom told me this story. So basically, the story starts off with this young person who's going to climb a mountain in Taiwan with some of his friends. And while he was preparing for it, one of his uncles gave him a talisman to wear because he was like, your face looks not auspicious. So I'm going to get you this talisman to wear so that you're safe. He's like, you're ugly. So I'm going to give you this talisman. (laughs) So it's a, it's a climb on a tall mountain. So they had to get a guide who is a native Taiwanese person. So not like people who immigrated from China, but someone like an who, indigenous, an indigenous yeah. person. Yes. And before the climb, said young person had basically was dreaming for a few days that something was chasing him and that his mm-hmm. legs were bleeding. So oh. I'm going to start. And so then they went on the climb, right? So the first night, he heard a cry from one of the tents. And so everyone was like, oh my God, what's happening? They went to investigate and the person was missing. Hmm. Then the guide was like, okay, let's split up and try to find the person. That is never the right move. Yeah, they were probably like, you know, we could probably, it was like, a. I think my mom said it was a large enough group. So it was like three and two people. So groups of two groups. So it wasn't like you were by yourself or anything. Yeah. And before they split up, the guide was like, if you hear anything, don't say anything. Like, just keep going wherever you're going. Don't talk at all. Hmm. So they were like, they split up. They quickly found out that the walkie-talkies that they had, which, so this story is not in, like, in antiquity. They had yeah. walkie-talkies. Okay. The walkie-talkies that they had weren't working, so they couldn't communicate with the other group. Hmm. He, The young guy and some other person in his group, you know, they were looking around, they ended up walking to a waterfall, and they thought they heard someone like whining or like, you know, moaning, basically. And they found the missing dude. And the missing guy's legs were bleeding and all Mm. his toes were bitten off. Mm. So they were like, Oh, we need to like, we need to get him out of here right away. So they carried him and they were like on the way down the mountain. And they were like, we feel like someone's following us. And then 
they look back and they said they say saw a bunch of like small green men following them. So they're like, um, my mom called these mo moshinga in Taiwanese, okay. and the way that she described them is they're kind of like uh, poltergeists or like gnomes. Mm. They're not like innately malevolent, but they're very mischievous. Okay. So he so they he realized they were following them and it surprised him like scared him and so he shouted out like oh my god i see these moshinga but then he realized that the guy said don't say anything so then he was like oh crap and as soon as he said something the small green men's mouths like sprouted like oh, giant no. teeth and they oh, started no. like chasing them so they ended up like running all the way down the mountain and they finally crossed over like a, a railway and they passed out and then when they woke up, they were in a hospital and the the young guy asked the tour guide, like, hey, what happened? Like, what's going on? We we're being chased by these like crazy gnome things. And the guide was like, kind of in like a befuddled kind of way was like, I don't remember anything like that. Hmm. And then he looked down at the talisman he was wearing and it was split down the middle. Wow. So he went back to his uncle after all this and told him about the whole story and the experience. And his uncle was like, yeah, like I gave this to you because I felt like your aura, your face was inauspicious. <laughs> and then the uncle was like, but I also kind of felt like it was like not enough. So the night that he left for the journey, the uncle went to pray at uh, the shrine for the Tudigong, which is like the local, like in Taiwan, there's like a local god for each like small, like land area that's mm. supposed to be like the protector of that land area so he went to pray at that shrine to that god and he said basically that what the guide told them was the guide channeling that local god to warn them oh, like wow. not to say anything um and which is why the guide like was like i don't remember any of this and i don't remember oh. all of that yeah so that's my story. Oh my god, I have so many thoughts and questions. Wait, so uh, question to start is: this is like a legend that's passed down, or it's like she? This is like someone they kind of know, or like a friend of a friend kind of thing that actually supposedly happened. I think. Oh no, my mom said this was like a family friend story. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, I'm freaking out um it's not that crazy because i feel like i mean i remember when i went back when i was like maybe 10 or 11 and taiwan even in like the 90s or early 2000s is like completely not what it is now like it used to be so hard to get around yeah. taiwan and it's yeah. a tiny tiny country i remember we used to have to drive like 11 12 hours to get from taipei to the countryside mm -hmm. and it's literally like in like straight distance it's not very far that because of the geography, mm -hmm. the earthquakes, and the monsoons, it's very hard to build infrastructure there that is not like destroyed immediately by yeah. a natural disaster. So I feel like there are a lot of situations like that where it could be like very isolating. Yeah, but like the little green men? <laughs> yeah, so I think they were kind of like, they're like folk creatures mm -hmm. you know in a sense and my mom explained that they're like a kind of like forest fairy that live amongst humans mm. um in antiquity obviously but they are they're like poltergeists as i said so they're very like mischievous and she said like most of the time they will like lead you know if you're like climbing a mountain 
or you're somewhere in the forest, like they will lead you around in like loops and stuff and like trick you to go places that, to get you lost and stuff like that. Aren't poltergeists bad? Yeah, I guess poltergeist is not a good good analogy. I would say a gnome is probably yeah, a gnome, sounds a gnome is probably a closer Little thing. Tricky elves kind of thing. Yeah. Poltergeist is like the exorcist. You know what I mean? Like it's a movie though. I don't know if the actual definition of a poltergeist I think is like a mischievous ghost. Really? Okay, I think I'm so. Google this shit later. <laughs> Wait, that was a fantastic story. Yeah, great, you liked it. What a Good. great tale. Um, especially because there's like maybe it was real. I don't know, or they think it was real. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Um, okay, so since you talked about the like, there's like the formal stories, and then there's like more country bumpkin like tales mm-hmm. um i also have i also got both from my dad so he told me so he also grew up like in in the straight up country um like rural side and um he talked about how when he was young probably like four or five years old like he remembers that you know there's like no tv back then there was like not a lot of stuff to entertain yourself with so every night after dinner Basically, everyone in the family would grab like a chair or a stool and take it to their family temple because everyone has a family temple to like, you know, venerate their their ancestors and whatnot. And they would set up their chairs around like candles or whatever. And then the adults would basically just tell scary ghost stories to their kids to like scare them. So he remembers that there is a story that his uncles or whatever used to tell him where it was like... Um, that there was a river ghost. So there's a ghost that lives in the river and he, he or she is like constantly at the cusp of moving on to like their next iteration of life. But in order for it to move on to that next iteration, it needs to find someone else to take its place. So yeah. So they would tell, I got like chills when my dad was telling me, and it's such a short story, but he basically was like, so our parents and uncles would tell us not to go near the river because if you go in and you try to swim in the river, the river ghost will come out and pull you down and drown you so that they can take, you can take their place and they can essentially like take your life. Uh, place and like escape the river finally and so this is like terrifying for me to think about and but obviously like you know there's like the you know mystical side when you're like imagining it to be real and then there's like the practical side which is like parents do not want their like five-year-old children near rushing water and like you know possibly killing themselves by accident and so and he told me like um and then the parents would make it seem like super real because like people kids did die in the river because it was like Mm -hmm. you know dangerous and so they'd be like so-and-so's son just got caught by the river ghost like the other day so you better be careful not to go down there i'm like oh so yeah that's the country bumpkin one very short and sweet but i was like he told me at night and i was like (laughs) like imagining this like demon thing coming out of the water and being like goodbye taking you (laughs) and you're like kind of scared of the water yeah, right. already. I'm already yeah. scared of the water. Oh. So some fucking ghost demon came out. <laughs> it's like you're taking. If I place. was, if I was a smart ass kid, I would be like, so he's free now, so I wouldn't get captured, right? Wait, what? Because you said, because you said, oh, so and so's kid drowned, so the ghost is free. Oh, true. That's true. <laughs> 
That's true. That's I'm true. Just saying if I was a smart ass kid, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Well, or you could look at it the other way, which is that kid who drowned now is the new river ghost. Oh, good to see you again, Billy. Don't drown me, please. <laughs> oh, what mighty big teeth you suddenly have. Um, yeah. So my dad is just this like treasure trove of <laughs> of stories and like life experience things once you get him talking. Um, so beyond the stories, he also was talking about other like ghostly things that are part of Chinese culture. And he was talking about July being ghost month. Um, so July in the lunar calendar, though. So it changes every mm-hmm. year. So this like sticks out to me because I remember when I was planning my wedding, which didn't happen this year anyway because of quarantine. But when I was planning it, I told my mom that we were looking at August, like end of July or first week of August. And I remember her being like, whoa, 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 let me go check the lunar calendar because if it falls in lunar July, that's ghost month and that's like super unlucky. So you can't have your wedding then. And I was like, I roll, I roll. (laughs) But my dad told me a little bit more about ghost month and I was like, oh, this is kind of like interesting and reminded me a little bit of uh, Dia de los Muertos in in Mexican culture. Mm Um, he was telling me that like, basically it's like very common that like every family in Taiwan and China, essentially you have like a small temple or like an altar or something Mm -hmm. to remember your ancestors. And you basically every day have like offerings to it, right? Like food Mm -hmm. or whatever. So they're always taken care of in the afterlife. But he was talking about how there are all these other souls that are lost and like don't have families that remember them and like you know, help them in the afterlife because they died in an accident or they were like bad people or like whatever, right? There are all these other ghosts that exist. And so he was talking about how the whole month is called ghost month, but he said on July 15th is like the big day where you're supposed to put out offerings, like a bunch of food, including like what was kind of expensive for poor people, like my my family back then, like chicken and pork and stuff um, on July 15th as offerings to all these other ghosts because they mm. also need help in the afterlife. And July is when the portals from the underworld mm-hmm. are opened up and all these ghosts are released out into the human world and they're there to like feed on the human world. That's kind of what my dad said. Mm-hmm. And he was like, the food is very important. And then you also have to burn paper money um so it's not like real money and i i remember yeah, yeah. Seeing this stuff. funeral yeah. money basically yeah yeah you burn it so that it can like transfer into the ghost world and then the ghosts can use it to like pay for things in the ghost world um, you can never escape capitalism nope. money everywhere yeah that's right uh but yeah it was so interesting to me because i was like oh this sounds kind of nice in a way because you're like helping Mm -hmm. all these souls but he's like yeah but at the same time ghost month is like a month where nothing happens like you're not supposed to do anything big in your life like get married or buy a house or like move somewhere or get a new job like all that shit is bad during that month so don't do it Mm -hmm. even though the, the sentiment to me feels kind of like very kind and like warm much like on dia de los muertos is when like Mm -hmm. mexican people celebrate their dead ancestors and like also put out offerings and stuff but it's like a celebration that they get to reunite with their ghostly ancestors versus this is like 
mm-hmm. I don't know, you're like doing it to like not have harm. A precaution, happen. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a precaution. <laughs> no, my mom, my mom does the same thing. Like towards the end of ghost month, like she'd be like, don't like, don't go anywhere like dangerous. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to the beach. She's like, don't go swimming. I'll be like, <laughs> okay. The other holidays is like, you're going to your ancestors and you're like, offering them stuff Mm. and in this one as you said it's not that way like they're released into our world and they're like seeking stuff they're on a feeding frenzy yeah yeah so (laughs) that's what they're like this is the main difference is that like you're not preferring something they are Mm. coming to you for stuff so oh that's so interesting right it's like do I feel good about this like that we're helping these lost souls or do I feel like really terrified that these this like wave of ghouls are unleashed on us i don't know (laughs) i don't know but i don't have an altar in my apartment so i mean (laughs) neither do i we've never done it (laughs) um well so related to that because like i said once i started talking to my dad it was like this like endless spiral Mm -hmm. of additional things so because we were talking about the underworld he was like well have you heard of the king of the underworld um his name is Yen Luo Wang and I was like mm-hmm. no who that <laughs> so the the what? person who I don't know you know maybe I've heard of it way back when but I haven't talked to my parents you've about definitely seen a statue of him at least oh like, probably yeah. yeah the underworld gods are all like their faces are scary <laughs> I feel like I know what you're talking about but yeah I probably never knew his name yeah. but yeah so so my dad was saying about ghost month is yin Wang is the person who just says like okay you're released to go like you can be mm-hmm. free for this month right but anyways he was telling me about him and i felt like it was super interesting because there are some similarities but also like huge differences between the concept of like heaven and hell and like grim reaper style shit between like eastern tradition or at least chinese specifically and like western world so yin lo wang has this book of everyone who's alive and has your name and your like date of death um ready so when it's your time to die he knows and he sends these like messengers out to tell you it's time and my dad was telling me that these messengers are like they wear all white and they have this like three foot tall hat that they wear so it's like very obvious who they are and if you see those messengers you're like oh shit it's my time so anyway so you when you die these messengers are going to come and like take you down into the underworld and then you are presented with this mirror where you will see your whole life like replay across this mirror and there's yin Luang is like the judge of whether ultimately your good deeds and bad deeds like balanced out to be net good or net bad and if it's net good you immediately get to reincarnate into another life and you just like mm. leave and become a different person. Mm. But if it's net bad, then you are sentenced to hell, like this underworld that he oversees and like different punishments and like different lengths of time. But like you're sentenced to like, you know, torture and whatnot. And but even after that punishment, then you would eventually be reincarnated again. 
So mm-hmm. that was interesting to me. And then I asked him like, so there's basically no heaven. Like you're, if you were good, you just then reincarnate and there's like no other destination. It's like hell or reincarnation. And he was like, no, there is a heaven type thing, but he's like, it's not really called heaven. He said it's called Shenxian. So it's called like fairy world and it's where all the gods live. And so he said, if you are zheng zhi wei shen, so zheng means like righteous, zhi means like, you know, you never cheat, you're like super straight and like, you you know, go by the law kind of person. If you are like super righteous and like super, you know, justice, whatever, you know, a really good person, then Yin Wang would deem that you are so good that you can be shot up to this fairy world instead of mm. having to reincarnate as another human. And um, my dad said that, like, so essentially this fairy world is where all the gods live. And uh, in opposition to Western ideas of gods where they're like this whole other being that like was never related to humans, he's like in in Chinese lore, uh, all gods were once human and they like transcended into gods. So he was talking about like all those statues we see at, at temples and whatever. He's like, they look human-esque because they were humans once. So, so yeah, I thought that was super interesting. I was like, oh, I love it. It's like, yeah, no, that is really interesting. I feel like it does, it draws a lot from, I mean, obviously they're very related, like elements of buddhism are seen in taoism mm-hmm. and this idea that i mean the first buddhas were humans who reached mm-hmm. enlightenment right so it makes sense that the the heaven is all made of humans but i think there are like a few stories as well where like quote-unquote fairies are removed from heaven so mm. your place is like not guaranteed forever i think the um the story about a lady stranded on a moon with a rabbit. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that one. No, I don't think that's no, no not... there's a separate one. There's like an epic love story where this lady who was a fairy, I think I might be telling it right or incorrectly, but she was like removed from heaven, like and marooned on the moon. Yeah. Yes, for a forbidden love with a man. And the man is like trapped on earth. So they can never, they can yeah. only meet once a year during, I think it's Zhong Chou Jie. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why you eat the mooncakes. Yeah. Yeah. And the rabbit's supposed to be there to like make movies. I think the rabbit is like a modern, cute addition so that she's not like sad and lonely by herself. Oh, her like but... one friend is this rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I do... No, I very much remember that story. And maybe mm-hmm. I completed the Guanxing Pusa part of it. But because I remember looking up at the moon when I was a kid, I mean, like, I can see the rabbit. Like, I can see a kind of a shape mm-hmm. of a rabbit. Mm-hmm. And I yep. feel like. My, oh, I guess all my prayers were misguided then because I would always pray to the moon. The moon? <laughs> yeah. I got to ask oh, my God. mom about this. I feel like she okay. taught me to do that. <laughs> so. Oh. Yeah, you should you should check that. Lulzors. All right. Let's hop on over to the fortune cookie. Since Angela loves Halloween so much, and obviously I'm building my Halloween love, we wanted to talk about, as a fun close, what are the best Halloween costumes that we've done. 
Okay. Well, yeah, this is, I will never beat this one. And I like constantly still show pictures to people. I think I know which one you're going to talk about, but go. Definitely no. Um, it's Cal Drogo from Game of Thrones. It. Yes. It, um, okay. So this was when I was still working in New York. So this is so long ago. It was like 2013 or something like that. But that's also, you know, the peak of Game of Thrones, like when it was mm-hmm. still on the up. It was very elaborate. Well, it helped that uh, Jason Momoa is like, you know, has like Asian-ish features because he's half Hawaiian. So I was like, okay, I can I can get away with this because I have also like dark skin and like long black hair. Um, so I obviously tied it into like the the style that he did. But then <laughs> it like really tripped people out. But because he's like shirtless all the time right like he he basically has like um like some sort of like pelt thing that he wears and long pants but he's shirtless and like jacked (laughs) so i had to i had to buy like a nude leotard (laughs) that i could look shirtless without being totally inappropriate um and then he has these like blue um tattoo type thing mm-hmm. on his shoulder like so fangs I, kind of yeah so i drew yeah. those in and then um i pieced together like a gladiator skirt as the pelt thing and then like black pants and boots essentially but then it took me like 40 minutes to put on the makeup because i realized like i've worn the same makeup since i was like 22 years old which is just a cat eye with eyeliner and mascara like I don't know how to do anything else so when I (laughs) looked at his picture he wears way more makeup than I do because he has this huge like kind of like oh shit what is it called like smoky eye yes he has an intense smoky eye so um I like practice it the day before and then um basically because I was in New York and like no one has a car in New York so I had to commute right to work on the subway and I didn't want people staring at me that early in the morning at like 9 a.m so I only half dressed um without the makeup yet and then I like quickly ran into the bathroom before anyone saw me and was like applying this makeup and I remember someone walked in and like looked at me and I was like carry on <laughs> like don't look at me um but it, it turned out really well to the point where like everyone gave me compliments about it but it was funny because um game of thrones is like very much part of the zeitgeist at that point so like most people knew what i was but even people who like don't watch game of thrones there's i remember there was one woman who was like i don't know what you are but i am into this <laughs> Um, and the best compliment was, um, you know how in New York, everyone wants to be an actor. Like everyone is an actor of some sort. And so I worked in Times Square, unfortunately, that's where my office used to be. And right near my office was that Jekyll and Hyde bar, um, mm. where like year round themed Jekyll and Hyde. Right. And so they always have their employees out in Times Square dressed in, in character and like trying to get you to come into their bar. And I was like walking past them, uh, because I wanted a friend to take a picture of me, um, in Times Square in my costume mm. and they broke character to be like, dude, I love your costume. And I was like, yes, I've broken your character. So this was a good as costume. And I nice. still show the picture to, it's always like my go-to fun fact for, you know, work, icebreakers and whatnot. And then of course, people are like, okay, I need to see pictures then. I always show the same pictures. Maybe we'll post the pictures. The Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, my Halloween. Okay, so as I mentioned, I haven't done anything too elaborate because it's a lot of work. Indeed. <laughs> and I um, don't want to put too much time into it. So there will probably be something really cool in the future, but not quite so. Not uh, quite yet. I think the most elaborate thing I've done is the Joker, and I basically mm-hmm. went and got like face paint and did like the craziest like crazy person application of the paint on my face which is perfect because like my model or like vision of it was like Heath Ledger and his like makeup is basically like someone smeared it all over his face (laughs) so I was like this is perfect I can just like what and it was pretty fun it was like hand painting on my face but I even then I didn't realize how difficult it was because I was like you had to black, white, and red, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, wait, which one do I do first? Mm-hmm. And so I did the eyes first. But then when I put the white on for the rest of the face, it smeared everywhere. Yeah, and so it was first, like, <laughs> it was a lot of, it was a lot of trial and error. And the, the makeup was fine, but it was like oil. So yeah. I could, couldn't touch anything with my face. And I would like drink stuff and leave like makeup all over. <laughs> But I did that and I got like green hairspray and then the rest of my costume was like not specifically interesting. It was like kind of like um, the five minute Jared Leto version of Joker from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was like gangster dress, but (laughs) the makeup was what was important. And that's my Instagram profile picture. Oh, yeah, that would do it. That's why I remember it so clearly. Mm -hmm. See it every day. See it every day. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you. Because I've done the like um, uh, candy skull, you know, Dia de los Muertos type Mm -hmm. um, makeup as well for a previous costume. Yep. You can't eat or drink anything or like accidentally scratch your eye. (laughs) I would, I would, I think to get to that level of like makeup doing, I would have someone do it for me. Like, not not even, like, a professional, but I would just be like, can someone yeah. else do this? Because, like, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It takes a while. Cool. Well, that's fun. I Well, yeah. um, we hope everyone is channeling the spirit of Halloween in some way. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like this year. It's probably just a bunch Partying of... Partying at home, Zoom. socially distanced, <laughs> Zoom. Yeah. Zoom parties. Um, yeah, maybe a six feet apart. Like four Throw to candy at people out your window. I don't feel like people are gonna let their children <laughs> accept strangers' candies this year. It's like you're trying not to touch other people's things. All That's year. true. I guess if it's straight from the bag, though. Mm. Well, anyways, anyways, well, yeah. I hope you find a way to have fun this year and just be safe and but still have fun. Um, and if you have if you have stories to tell us, um, ooh, what we'd love, I'd love to hear costume pictures. Co- I'd love to see costume pictures for sure. DM us, post it, tag us, whatever. Um, also, because we told like you know culturally relevant mm-hmm. or like local stories that our parents told us. If you have stories from your culture or like your parents scared you growing up by telling <laughs> you certain stories, we'd love to hear those. So. Definitely write us in at tell us where you're from at gmail.com. The your is Y O U R E. 
All right, we have one last plug that we want to make, which is that we now have merch available. You can find Zaijin Bitches mugs and beanies, as well as a But Where Are You Really From t-shirt available on um, our website, as well as our Etsy store. We have a link in bio at our Instagram Lynn Family Reunion, the Lynn is L-I-N, where you can find all the links to where you can find these items. And you can also see pictures of what these things look like. They are pretty cute. And as always, we will have a fresh new episode for you next week. And until then, Zai Bye. 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 Bye.